Good morning. It's Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. Not morning for my guest, Chloe Thomas. We're talking from the from the UK, correct, Chloe? Yes, yeah, down in the far southwest of the country. Yeah. Far southwest. Well, welcome and nice to nice to connect live. This will be our first conversation, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't plan all this in advance, even though it's going to be brilliant. Hopefully brilliant, might go terribly wrong, but we'll find out, won't we? I'm, I'm a little <laughs> intimidated because you're, you're a pro. You run two separate pro- podcasts your, yourself. It's e-commerce master plan and keep optimizing. Do I have that right? You do have that right, yes. Uh, we've got e-commerce master plan. I interview retailers about how they're running their e-commerce store, and that's been going since 2015. And then really keep up. Op- yeah. Uh, keep optimizing is all about marketing for e-commerce. So each month we focus on a different topic. So okay. we might do email marketing just for a month. So we try to fit it all into one month. Um, and okay. then each week I interview experts on the topic. Oh, wow. And why the focus in e-commerce? Like, why the interest? Um, I accidentally ended up working in e-commerce in the uh-huh. early 2000s as I was trying to escape the world of banking. <laughs> it was the first place I got offered a job. So um, I have been in e-commerce ever since. I've run an agency for 10 years. I've worked yeah. client side. Um, I've been a consultant mm-hmm. and a coach. And these days I'm lucky enough just to kind of think and yeah. listen and speak, which is a, a hugely lucky space to be in but it's a it's a space that's endlessly fascinating endlessly you are being unduly modest because uh five books you've actually five books on the topic so uh, yeah the the thinking and then the hard work of writing and making it clear and communicating it to people right yeah which is the um the hard the hard bit is creating content of value Creating content's quite easy, especially with all the AI stuff that's going on at the moment. But creating content that people value and get on well with is yeah. um, is the difficult bit. Yeah, some yeah that actually makes a difference and sticks and things like that. Um, so let's work e-commerce a bit backwards since you've been in this space uh, a while, and as maybe I'll share, I have as well. Um, what what's different now from when you started in the e-commerce space? In many ways, very little. Okay, we're still trying to do the same things. Consumers are still broadly the same, although their their desire for connection has grown. But the really big thing that's changed is how easy to use the tech is and how <clears throat> cost effective the tech is. When I in my first job in e-commerce, we were talking about building a welcome campaign, an email welcome campaign from sign up through a series of sessions of emails that would get them to buy. And I remember writing out pages and pages of scope and brief of how I wanted this done to send to some techie who would then quote me three grand, you know, 3,000 to build it. And now you can, with a free program, you can set it up in minutes. But yet so many marketers still fail to do it and still fail to do it well. So the tech has in many ways, lowered the boundaries to entry, which means we have to be better marketers, but still many businesses are failing to find the time to be better marketers. Right. And while I agree about the tech making it easier, um, it doesn't mean that there's not too many choices of tech and tech stacks and Mm. this is the right welcome series and no, you should do it that way. There's an overwhelming amount of 
of stuff to choose from. And I think it's easy to get paralysis and not, not do it. Right. Oh, so easy. And, you know, I have, I've been in those businesses where there's a massive whiteboard with the whiteboard (laughs) on the wall with the most amazingly complicated email flows going on, which the world of quizzes, you know, and zero party data has just made that, oh, I could ask 20 questions and they'd each have these individual, it's like, no guys, set up one, see how it goes. And, And I say that with passion because I am someone who would want to create the most perfect stream of emails in the world and then build the whole thing. And I have to hold myself back because it's it's very easy to to do a lot of work in a, in any of these areas, um, but not actually create anything that works. So so the tech the, the ease of the tech is both yeah. a blessing and a curse. I think sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, I'll put my techie hat on. I I, I think the 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 ease of a lot of tech tech stacks and tools. It's easy at the front end, but answering that longer term question of can we live with it, grow with it, manage it, keep track of it is, is not necessarily as turn, turnkey. Like, there's a lot of dusty, forgotten, out of date, uh, abandoned shopping cart messages out there in the world, right? So, oh, well, oh, yeah, we, we still run that, yeah. don't we? Well, it's like there's, um, there's a reason my po- one of my podcasts is called Keep Optimizing, and it's because prior to it becoming a podcast, it's my own personal mantra, which is built out of or, or evolved out of my frustration where I said I had a marketing agency. We did a bit of email marketing, but we primarily did Google ads for people. Okay. And my frustration of someone coming and going, oh, could you take a look at our Google ads, see if you could help us? Yeah. And I'd log in and they were paying like a thousand pounds a month and no one had logged in in 12 months. And you're like, okay, here's, here's my budget and here's what I would charge you to fix this and to make it work for you. And, you know, back in those days, we were charging maybe 300 pounds, 500 pounds for our entry level. So like half of what they were spending, they go, oh no, we can't afford that. Like, really? <laughs> really? Right, right really? Um, you're like, so you'll just give Google a thousand pounds, but it's exactly the same with, with email. We put the, the joy and the power of all marketing is in doing it, seeing how it works and optimizing it. And you've got to have that regular process of optimization, whatever your marketing channel is, or you're not going to get the result. Anyone who thinks they can do anything once in marketing, whether it's a post-purchase campaign or whether it's Google ads or Facebook ads or TikTok and get amazing results with their first go is delusional. Because even if you get great results, you can get better results if you go back and reiterate. Yeah, Sorry, or getting even, a bit ranty there, Matthew. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. I get it. And and even if you get stellar results, you know, people, times, markets, they're going to change, right? You can't, you can't yeah. ignore it. You can't ignore stuff for twelve months. I, I, I quip. Um, my my son is starting up his own business, and he was sweating his way through website. Oh, it's not done yet. And I said, it's a process, not a product. You will never be done. No, never, website. never. Just right? get it live. Yeah, get it live, and then, yeah, you know, yeah, you know the drill. Um, yeah. Tell tell me a bit about. Uh, do you call them your customers? Tell me a bit about the people who you help and serve with, uh, with the work that you do as a podcaster, as an author. Um, who I, do they tend to be? I tend to call them an audience these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get in that habit. They are, <laughs> they are people working at or running e-commerce stores. So think Shopify or Big Commerce, something okay. like that. Yeah, we'll come. Um, 
yeah, they might be they might be selling via a physical store as well, but they're selling some kind of product to consumers via an online okay. their own online store. And we we surveyed them earlier this year, and the size of business seems to kind of mirror the industry. So we don't get many startups. Pretty much everyone's already up and running, but they go from a hundred thousand turnover up to like ten million turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, across where where they are so it's the whole industry but i try and pitch it at the smaller guys what we do mm-hmm. because i i find if you do the content for the smaller guys the big guys like it as well because they actually still need to know the same things a lot of the time or they get to feel smug because they're learning things um <laughs> you know they go oh i already do that awesome okay we're right. good we can take that box <laughs> you you um in the in the in the curve you just drew in the air there if someone's listening um I find intriguing because you can't talk about e-commerce and not end up talking about Amazon at some point. But I'm going to assume Amazon is not necessarily the the core audience for you. No, not yeah. at all. And um, it's it's an area I st- I've always tried to steer clear of from mm-hmm. a keywords perspective, if nothing else, because a lot of Amazon sellers are FBA sellers, which was is one of these kind of side hustle topics that people get into and my audience very much aren't side hustlers they're they're doing it and they're developing yeah they've not gone oh look we need a guy everyone's buying garlic presses we better create a garlic press they're a bit more bought into their own brand than that so i've avoided it because you kind of end up going down that rabbit hole but interesting in that same survey we ran um a few months ago my audience are more likely to be wholesaling their products to other retailers than they are to be listed on Amazon. Makes sense, actually. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it gets back to what, we, what you were saying at the beginning about how tools and tech have made many tasks easier. I suspect one of the temptations for the side hustle, I'll sell it on Amazon, is it, is it looks like almost everything's done for you. So, gee, why don't I do that? Like, if everything's done for you, then what's your actual value and control in the equation would be my question to those tempted. Well, there is, um, because we we do cover bits of marketplaces, you know, kind of that bigger Amazon, eBay, et cetera, piece across the things I do. Because it actually, if you are a big brand selling via those channels, it's really hard to find the content that speaks to you and not um, the specific Amazon seller because you've got a whole other load of like brand restrictions. How do you deal with your wholesale customers and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, and yeah. and actually, the one of the reasons why I suspect people are selling on selling wholesale rather than Amazon is because wholesale is a it is another business model, but yeah. it's not a particularly difficult business model to get your head around. Whereas to sell well on Amazon or eBay or the others, you have to really learn how to play that business model game and it's it's intense it's about keeping your stock in and if the sales suddenly go up you need the stock to feed that hungry monster otherwise you will never rank again but i i massively simplify um you know there's a whole seo strategy there's an ad strategy it's like duplicating all the workload again but kind of pivoting the knowledge by about 90 degrees (laughs) you've got to kind of like fully relearn so it's, it's, they're really, really tricky marketplaces to, to get them to work for you. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally, in, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear you say that where, where the, the wholesaler, your, your customer says, well, we also, we're really good at making socks. So if someone wants to play that game, 
on Amazon or eBay with our socks, like giddy up, they'll get a cut out of it. Uh, we don't, <laughs> we don't want it. We're staying away from it. It's your keep optimizing mon mantra, but the volume goes to 11 on mm -hmm. those markets because it can change overnight. Or if you get good at it, some guy will clone everything and sell the same, right? Same yeah. stuff. And you're trying to deal with, with that one. Those are my images that you're using on your store. Don't do that. Right? Well, yeah, it's like um, earlier this week, I found uh, someone giving away my book on a website somewhere. Yeah. Which, you know, it's one of those dangers of being an author is you just, uh, you know, at some point someone will, will scan it or will do something and we'll be giving it away to people who sign up to the website. And mm. you, you could get all litigious about it. Just get uh, but it, it took me me 20 minutes to find your website. So I suspect I'm okay and it's not going to affect me too much. And at least the content's out there. So yeah, you, it can be, it can get complex. Uh, yeah. The, the, um, the thing that intrigues me about those, those big markets, I mentioned Amazon, you threw, mm. threw, uh, eBay in the mix, which, which, uh, which I was glad to hear as well. Um, there's a natural market structure that was going to show up in e-commerce and other spaces, right? It's going to be a power curve. There's going to be whales. There's going to be minnows and, and the mid-sized fish at, who have to learn how to do this whole game. And, and you're helping them, minnows, mid-sized fish, you know, not whales, uh, figure out how to do this as more and more and more commerce moves into the digital space, right? Ship that's not going to reverse itself. Um, sometimes the big guys set, set some of the rules for the game. And sometimes they're like, they're the, they're the frame and everybody else is playing against them. I'm really intrigued with, I'm assuming you work a lot with Shopify and I've been mm -hmm. watching Shopify evolve for the last, what's it been, eight, 10 years, like really interesting counter to Amazon because they're sort of arming everybody, minnow and fish, mid-sized fish to, to compete pretty darn well, right? With that, yeah. with that big guy. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, there's, there's forever the, um, the thought of, what if Shopify creates a marketplace? Um, you know, I don't think they're ever going to do it no, uh, because it just, I think it would become a distraction. But I, I have to say the, how the existence of Shopify has changed the industry as well as just the fascination of Shopify and how they've gone mm -hmm. about building what they've built is, it's fascinating. And yeah. it's one of the most interesting things about it for the industry is, you know, e-commerce is, is it's a useless word, basically, because one person's e-commerce is a direct dispatch CBD oil um, that they're selling all over Canada or something. And then another person's idea of e-commerce is Walmart. And then another person's idea of e-commerce is the table booking system on a on a um, for a hotel or something. It's really it's a really amorphous term. Yeah, it's like it's, that, it's like commerce. Only there's an E in yeah. <laughs> It's one of the, you know, it's one of the, one of the most useless words in the world for yeah, people, people having different definitions. And the number of businesses who now identify themselves as Shopify businesses is phenomenal. Interesting. It's a real, it's become really tribal in the industry, which is something which we never really had before. No one was that kind of connected to it, which I think is partly because it was a game changer and it was an easy way to do it. So a lot of the noisy people who were going, I've done this, you could follow in my footsteps. They were all about the Shopify factor. And then the way Shopify have developed their partner program mm -hmm. with their agencies 
has become kind of cult-like as well. It's been, cult-like's a bit bit too strong, but it's really, it's something which never existed in the space and it's really fascinating to see it. Hmm. Partially, I suspect, it's because Shopify has done has done a fantastic job uh, serving their serving their customers. Like they they really they really have what you said at the beginning about how how much easier things are. It's like yeah, tick 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 tick. Here's a story just for your reaction. Um, I told, I talked with a guest about this the other day. Um, I live in a small town in the Pacific Northwest in uh, in the U.S. Bellingham. Happens to have a terrific farmer's market, one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who sells hot sauce at a, you know, small stand there. So this guy, Funky's Hot Sauce, look him up. His hot sauce won top in the world about two months ago. Wow. Like numero uno, rip your head off hot, hot sauce, top in the world. And I had read, saw an article in the paper because, you know, Bellingham shows up in my newsfeed. Next next Saturday, I'm walking to the market. I see him. I buzzed over there. I'm like, "Hey, congratulations!" He's like, "I didn't know it was happening," and he said, "Our website has gone completely bananas. We actually..." Mm. And he said this. I was, "Oh no!" He said, "We actually had to shut. We actually had to shut down taking orders." Oh no, because they couldn't keep. He and his wife are you know up until three in the morning fulfilling orders and stuff. And so I said, "Well, so what are you going to do?" Well. You know, it was a GoDaddy and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to move to Shopify. Came out mm-hmm. of his mouth, right? Came out of his mouth. They've got that kind of a mojo, even for some yeah. guy who really doesn't know anything about, I don't think he knows anything about e-commerce, just judging from, from the comments he made. But they're seen as the viable step for something that's starting to scale and you know, obviously move beyond the hobby stage. Well, yeah, and they've just removed the barriers to entry completely. You know, I, I talked about scoping out the welcome campaign earlier, back in the early days of, of my career. You were, you know, to get a basic e-commerce site up off the ground, you were talking 20, 30,000 back then. Now you do your Shopify subscription, you pay, you know, tens of dollars. Check, 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 publish. And, and you're up and running. You know, it's actually easier than setting up a WordPress site. (laughs) Yes, it is. No, you're absolutely right. It is. And then the the other thing which they've done really well, if you can contrast them to WordPress, is because it's a commercial organization, they've they've really um, restricted access to the app part. You know how if you're on a WordPress website and you're installing a plugin, you're like, "Mm, I hope this is A going to work and is it going to kill anything? Yeah. On Shopify, you know, Trying to get listed in the Shopify app store is not easy. I know many people who've tried to do it and have failed. And it's very, very complicated. It's very hard to get an app in there. And it's, but it gives the, 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 the Shopify customer the, um, the, the, yeah, the confidence, that's it. The confidence that they know whatever they're going to get is going to work with their software and it's not going to break it and it's been vetted, et cetera. Well, I'll give, I'll give you an analogy since you used App Store. It's, uh, it, it fits. I'm, you know, Windows computer, right, which I don't use anymore. You could screw the thing up big time by installing the wrong fill-in-the-blanks print drivers or whatever else. Like, yep. mess. iPhone, Android phone, like, we we blithely go, oh, yeah, that's in the app store. I'll stick it on my device. And remarkably, everything just keeps working. And mm-hmm. app A doesn't screw up everything else. And it sounds like 
Shopify has has made that kind of platform play and done the the hard investment and policy work to say uh, you you don't just get to list yourself and and do stuff because you might break our customer's store. Yeah, which which then also has the impact now with the scale that they've got to that most of the people who put the apps in the stores, if you go to their website, they talk Shopify app first. Yes. Yeah. And then further down the page will be, we also integrate with blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But because the the um, the ecosystem, the noise is so great around Shopify, they always talk Shopify app first and they'll, you know, you'll see their stands at events will have the Shopify integration bigger and more obvious than any of the others which yeah. is it is it well, it's just it's just fascinating seeing how that strategically altered the um altered the industry yeah well and and i think you know like like the mobile device that just worked i think ultimately there's a there's a huge service there let me let me contrast I, you know i i happen to have an iphone ios device with wordpress website how's this for an analogy you don't open here <laughs> like i've worked with wordpress websites I hate them. They drive me nuts because it's so easy for the dang thing to break. And then if you get it all working a month later, it's like this needs to update that and the wrong PHP. And I'm like, oh, gee, many Christmas. This is like such a stack of tinker toys. I can't believe anybody uses it. You get the hardcore. I'm going to roll my own e-commerce guy mm-hmm. who loves the fact that she or he can do that. Good on you. Go for it. You can probably do stuff you couldn't do anywhere else, but you're, going to end up being an amateur software developer if you go down that road because you're holding all those bits together. Well, that's it. This is Shopify. That's the huge thing which, which Shopify did was that, well, they one, they lowered the, bar, the bar, barriers to entry. The other thing which they did was they took a load of things off your plate. You know, I've, I've been in the mail, or, I started off in the mail order industry and e-commerce. So I go to the big mail order gatherings in the UK and there would be at least two sessions with a lot of people moaning about going, what have you got in your payment processing deal? Oh, you've got better than me. Who did you get that from? You know, this, they were just obsessed yeah. with payment yeah. processing yeah. deals. Yeah. And Shopify took those table, we'll just process it for you. These are the deals. They're, they're pretty good. Take it. Yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about all the setup, 3D secure and all that horrible stuff. We're just going to do it for you. Brilliant. I yeah. don't need a finance director for a yeah. while longer. <laughs> they went, here is, we've given you a basic workable um, order dispatch system which is going to get you X far and then you can integrate it with something else later. Brilliant. Right. I don't need a head of ops at this right. point in time. Right. Right. Then they went, um, you know, we're going to worry about the hosting for you. I mean, that was groundbreaking. Yes. Well, I don't, I don't have to do volume yes. predictions anymore yeah. for, my, for those people. Cool. So, you know, the uptime of your website was there and they, it was such a restrictive platform, you know, one of the reasons WordPress is a nightmare is because you have access to everything. Which is awful. Um, <laughs> for 95% of us, that is not a good thing. No, and Shopify no. went, oh, of course you can't change the checkout. Right. We've built the checkout. Right. Get out the checkout. Go and work on something more valuable for your business. Yeah. So as a business owner with an idea yeah. and the ability to create a product, you didn't have to worry about that bedrock stuff in e-commerce. All that opsy stuff was just done. And yeah. you could just go and deal with products and customers and growth. And that was such a game changer in the space. The restriction ends up being freeing. Exactly. As is so often the case. As is so often the case. It's really, it's intriguing. Now let's, let's, let's use that as a little sidestep into email, which is an interesting topic too, I hear. 
Um, Shopify put a hundred million dollar investment into Clavio like six months. Yes. Why? I would assume it has something to do with the fact that Clavio have I think eighty percent of Shopify stores have downloaded Clavio. Big number. So yeah. you'd you'd want that on your on your uh, you you'd want to have some skin in that game. Yeah. I, I believe now I I'm not deep into the VC capital world that goes on in the e-commerce space. I read the occasional LinkedIn post on this. So if I get this wrong, everyone, apologies. I'll just <laughs> caveat that up front. But I, I believe this is this is believed to be a method that Shopify have done before, which is they've gone in, they've seen something getting big and trusted in the ecosystem. They've put money in and then they've gone deeper later. So I suspect it's heading in that route. But when I saw the news come in, I was kind of like, all right next email you know it, it yeah. wasn't yeah it wasn't that surprising right it wasn't like <clears throat> you know if they put the money into i don't know some some email system i'd never heard of i'd have been a bit you know if they put it into infusionsoft or something i'd have been whoa that's a bit left field <laughs> yeah right. and a terrible idea Eep. no they renamed themselves Eep. yeah <laughs> i what once upon a time i was an infusionsoft certified um person Can't and what, then, what the and name then is. there's a recovery group for that i hear Yes. Yeah, I believe there is. I know some of the UK, we're all in recovery together. Um, talking of over of, of the WordPress scenario of having too much access. Right, um, right, right. And, too, and, too, and yeah, you know, restriction is freeing or, or the opposite. Um, so what you're saying, and I agree with you, is that the, 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 the make it easier, just take care of this function, like an investment in Clavio is, is a step in the direction of, look, eventually we're going to make that difficult, complicated thing called email, even more turnkey, right? Sign up and you go, yeah, fill in these boxes for your nurture series. What's a nurture series? Shut up. There's the nurture series. Fill in these boxes. Don't ask questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I, I assume there's, it's going to lead to deeper integrations for Clavia than you anyone think? else with the yeah. system, which I mean, they're pretty deep in there already, yeah. Yeah. but I, I doubt it's going to lead to a merge of the brand. I suspect Clavio will remain as a brand on its own. Um, I don't think it will become Shopify email. I don't think they'll they'll go that way because I think there's too much brand mm -hmm. equity in the two brands. And I do also don't think um, Shopify want to kick off the other email providers. Yeah, you probably yeah you're you're, you're probably right. Um, I'll, I'll throw an analogy out. Um, into it buying Mailchimp what about a year ago was well, that that was a big like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could hear that you could hear the the gears come to a halt and like and i i had into it as a, a client in past ventures and i have a lot of respect for the corporate smart and culture like that's a very that's a that's a very effective machine and i'm like why'd they do that uh, let's see i'll bet the overlap between mm -hmm. mailchimp customers and into customers is massive and i don't think they'll kill it as a brand because the yeah. brand equity is too good, but I suspect the more and more into it, you know, customers and users will, whoa, MailChimp in it fits and it's tied in more tightly and stuff like it. You get, it ends up being the privileged, preferred, you know, default client, so to speak, for that particular function. And that's a lovely thing. It's like yeah. X percent of people use the built-in email client on their iPhone for their Gmail account. Why? Because it's built in and it's already there and I filled in three boxes and all my Gmail comes into it. So that's fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a better equation. Didn't have to fuss around with yet another setup. And 
Klaviyo, probably similar thing for, uh, for Shopify customers. Um, what, what, how much do you, uh, talk, uh, talk, think and advise about advise in the abstract sense about, uh, the role of texting in commerce? Text is a, is a one of those really interesting ones that people keep saying is going to be huge next year. Um, and it's driving good results for people, but it's such a intrusive marketing method. You know, it's like I, I get text text slash WhatsApps from friends and from banks, right? And delivery. <laughs> so it's either service-based stuff, which I want to know about quickly, or it's um, friends who yeah. I want to know about. Yeah. I don't want to be hearing about your 20% off sale and so <laughs> forth, you know? Yeah. So we often cover SMS and text marketing, you know, on the show, and we'll always add in the caveat, please do not duplicate your email automations into your SMS activity. Please don't do that. Um, do look at should you be running SMS? Does it fit for your business? Can you do? Because I think there's there's a role for an abandoned bar basket SMS. There's a role for a your um, your loyalty um, points are going to run out next month. Sure. Those kind of servicey elements to yeah. get the the delivery updates coming from your brand instead of the courier. Yeah. It's worth it's it's interesting in there. But I think the you know, the 20% off sale now on side of it, maybe for your loyalist customers, but I can't see that that becoming big anytime soon. Because I think it, most retailers at the moment have massive overstocks and a whole load of stock they need to shift because mm. everyone bought too much. I'd be massively generalizing here, but it's, it's going to be one, you're going to hear the industry talking yeah. about it a lot for the next year or so. Um, and if if text was as powerful as everyone was saying, we would be getting a lot of text messages right now from the companies we're, we're subscribed to saying, uh, you need to buy this stock because we've got too much. We're doing big discounts. So I think if it doesn't, if it doesn't become hugely adopted for traditional marketing by, you know, January time, you know, the, the January sales 2023, then we're not going to see it coming yeah. huge anytime soon. I, I like your distinction about you know, service and service C versus marketing. And I think that's a great line to put in the sand on conversations about, about uh, a messaging channels generically because they are so mm -hmm. intrusive. I, I signed up for a couple of brands. One, I, like I've got this whole drawer full of identical uh, brand t-shirts. Drive my wife crazy, but I like the t-shirt. So I signed up for their text messaging. Um, and I'm thinking, is this going to backfire on these guys? Because as I get more t-shirt stocks, whatever from this company, they're just training me to wait another week because it'll go on sale. Mm -hmm. Because all they ever have to say is blah, blah, blah is on special with a yada, yada percent discount over and over and over. Like, okay, I don't need those. But if, if I got to stock up on t-shirts for the summer, uh, somewhere in the next month or two, they'll cut the price by a ridiculous amount and then I'll pounce. So they're just training me to wait and pay them less. And it really is annoying. Like, <laughs> God, yes, the daily pop-up from the, you know, the t-shirt guys, like, that's not that interesting. And they're not even, there's no, there's no variety. There's no, like, it's, it's pretty dumb marketing wise. Well, the thing is, I think you have to I often say, you know, you shouldn't be going 
we need to do more SMS. We need to do more Facebook ads. We need to do more email. You should be saying, we need to get more sales from our existing customers who like buying this product. How do we do that? that? And then finding the marketing method, the marketing strategy, the marketing messaging that works. And I think, I think SMS is still in that category of things, which we're all like, oh, that's really cool. It's a really good idea. It's still the techies telling us how we should use it. And the brands haven't yet found the really cool ways to use it, which we've often seen in the, in the e-commerce space is some tech comes along and everyone goes, oh, you're going to use it for this. And we go, okay, which, oh no, we actually end up using it for this, which is awesome at, but we totally skirted around what the creators thought it was happening. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I was having this this debate about AI chatbots the other day on LinkedIn and um hot topic, that one. Yeah, saying about how, you know, we'll be replacing our customer service teams with AI chatbots. And I'm like, I don't think we will, but I think what we will be doing, and this is being proven in various spaces, is that an AI chatbot deployed in certain spaces can improve customer service levels and free up the humans to do the more in-depth stuff like where's my order? I've lost my tracking code. I can't find my discount code. Yeah, Those things which it's very easy to give a chatbot to deal with and where the consumer wants the answer straight away, you know, faster than a human can type, let alone read the message in the first place. But I don't think going AI chatbot, run my my, my customer service is ever going to work, you know, because we had this whole your chatbots will take a, you know, build all these flows. We go back to flows again and whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, build this yeah. in your chatbot automation and your life will be brilliant. It's like, yeah, but humans aren't, especially There's not the when they're you didn't draw And I'm going to run right into it and go, this sucks. I hate you. Right? Why? Yes. You didn't plan the box for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're messy, but we're impatient. I, li- I like your notion about, you know, about that, that, kind of fit because where there's where really it's helped me help me navigate the mess of the energy of your company and chap i was like oh hey i'm happy to do that right wire me into inventory supply orders and all that other stuff and i'll answer questions all day long and 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 you won't have to give me a pension either so yay for a chatbot there right but yeah. you have a really easy breakout give me another human being uh, cause we'll want that. Uh, yeah. What's your, uh, I'm curious your, your thoughts about the AI's, uh, sudden and kind of unexpected invasion into the world of art and visuals. Yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> I've been in the industry, I've been in the marketing industry for 20 years, e-commerce for nearly 20 years. I'm now quite jaded <laughs> when new things come along. So Back in the day, I would get super excited by them, you know, lose a day, you know, like flick up on Twitter. I go, oh, wow, I need to go and, you know, chase that down. These days, I tend to sit back and wait and see what happens. So I think it's, I think it's interesting, but I don't think that or AI copy creation is the full solution. You know, I, I quite like the idea of next time I run a big event, I'll get the headshots and I'll get some AI thing to make them look pretty and like someone graphically designed them. Maybe I might yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, I might try and stave off bothering to get some new headshots done, you know, which has been on the to-do list for the last two years by AIing it somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, next time I'm trying to come up with some content ideas, I might use some AI text bots to flesh some things out for me or give me give me a starting point but I don't think it's going to be the final piece you know um I saw saw an example on um LinkedIn just today of someone who'd um 
who've been putting in why you know trying to get a text bot to write articles based on a question and they put in the question why is an abacus more effective than a calculator and they got two paragraphs back on explaining what? why you should be doing all your calculations on a you know on a bead and wire abacus because <laughs> it was better and it's like it still depends on the intelligence of the human being answering the question in the first place so when that whole squishy area uh which which, which will affect how these things fit as tools of of the ethics design of the AI engines. Like, the, okay, AI, you should answer the question the human poses. Okay, if I pose the question is, tell me why an abacus is better than calculator. And you do that job. Uh, then those of us with horse sense who are actually humans go, yeah, that, no, <laughs> right? Yes. Wrong. I don't think so. Um, I I do quite like the idea of, um, I've no idea how to do this yet. I believe it's probably possible, but feeding the text of all my books and everything I've written over the years into an AI chatbot and then getting it to write a load of tweets for me. I quite like that as an idea. Well, you, so, the, so it's trained on me trained and then it could just. Well, artists are having this debate right now because let's say, let's take that as a straw man. This is a good closing discussion. So. If someone did that, right, did the, you know, Chloe bot, um, and someone else said, well, I'm going to have brilliant marketing tweets going out all day written by the Chloe bot. Would you be going, hang, hang on a minute. Like, that's my stuff inside the machine there, right? Um, I think it would depend on how that was attributed back. You know, if they said, if it was clearly obviously obvious that they trained the Chloe bot on Chloe's stuff and they were linking yeah. back to Chloe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I trade in free noise, basically. You know, my content is 99% of it is free to consume. And, the, you know, the books are less than a fiver on Kindle. So they're essentially free to consume as well. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that as so long as it's attributed back. I have seen a few artists yes. getting quite, yes. you know, in the world of, of art, getting yeah. quite annoyed at it being done. And I think that is, um, you know, if because if, if someone is sharing my, my Chloe Bot words for free, uh, but, but linking back to my content, then they're prob- probably going to drive me some more listeners, some more readers, sure. et cetera. So sure. I benefit it from in some way. But if you're an artist who is creating, yeah. I don't know, 30, 40 artworks a year. Yeah. Yeah, and all of a sudden, a bunch of them are showing up that look like your stuff, and that like is what was your 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 core value, the thing, like the thing that yeah. brought people to you with a check. Um, and all of a sudden, it's like cloning. You know, in the style of fill in the blanks, one of the art bots has actually removed the style style of parameter. I think because of this because of this very debate, and I don't know, like. I, I don't think we'll settle this verbally and I don't think we'll settle this anytime soon, no. but it, it does open up some pretty profound, interesting, challenging questions. Um, and, and mar- marketing marketers, pretty big, pretty big, uh, consumers of creative is one of the reasons I've been looking at the, at the, uh, generative, generative AI space, like, Hmm, as a tool. Not as a solution. I think mm-hmm. we're gonna. I think we're gonna do more stuff. And we're like, hey, draft a, draft a web page for me. I'm not gonna hit 
published, but draft it for me so I can go in and go, oh, change that, uh, rewrite that. That's pretty good. We'll keep that. Right? It'll be faster. It's just, you know, it, it'll make stuff easier that was hard, like you said about Shopify at the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think there's a place in it. I think it's, I mean, we've had, we've had AI running on e-commerce sites for a while and, oh, it's one of those areas where we've seen people said, oh, it's going to do all of this for you. And then actually it does this bit and then you still have to do this bit to get the best results out of it. And I think, I think we're at the cusp of it and we will see over time where the useful um, uses of it as a tool are. Uh, we shall, we shall see. We shall see. Closing question, so I can free up the rest of you because you're nearly into the day there. Uh, do you yourself uh, keep and grow uh, any sort of email list for either of your uh, podcasts? We have one centralized list that we keep and grow for the overall business. Okay. That's terribly segmented. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. It's like, so it's, it's, uh, it's the plumber's, you know, plumber's wife question, right? So, okay. You talk about email. How do you do it yourself? Like we're awful at our email list and I know it. I even know I'm talking about email with people all the time. Like, uh, cause it's a lot of work. It's still a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got about 6,000 clean on the list cause I keep nice. it regularly cleaned. Um, but we've got about 300 signed up to each podcast list. Nice. Okay. Because um, I did a bad job of organizing that at the beginning of the process. So I'm trying to get more people on the individual podcast list. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's one of those like there's never there's no end to the stuff you need to do to keep the machine running. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've got a relatively good welcome campaign that I did check about two months ago. So it's not horrendously out of date. Optimized. <laughs> maybe optimized. Yes. Otherwise, it's on my list to to re revisit relatively frequently. So uh, okay. we're not we're not totally terrible, but um, not perfect either. So Chloe, where do where should I where should people who are listening go to you know learn even more from you? Well, if you head to ecommercemasterplan.com, you will find links to my podcast, books, and all the things I'm up to, and ways of signing up to my list as well. If you want to see how well slash badly I do my own email marketing. <laughs> Cool. Perfect. Well, let's wrap on that one, Chloe. It's been an absolute gas talking with you. It's been marvelous talking with you too, Matthew. Thank you. All right. We're out.